I'm going to take this opportunity to allow Jace to say something that we've all wanted to hear him say. Jace, just go for it. I hate Michigan. <laughs> One more time. I hate Michigan. And again. I hate Michigan. <laughs> Keeping you posted on the biggest contest in football. This is The Rivalry. Sponsored by Raisin Cane. I did not call to play. I came to dominate. Dominate. The rivalry is back, and so is college football. One weekend, and my oh my, does it feel like week one football. My name is Mitch. Jace, how are you today? I completely agree with the statement that you just said. Oh, this is a great day. A short week, Jace is gone, and I get to be in control. What a day. He has been replaced with sound bites of himself that have been taken from the last couple episodes, so it's going to be a good time. Happy to have you along. As always, follow us on Twitter at Jace and Mitch. That's J-A-C-E and Mitch for updates. And every week, the high chance to win a Raising Cades $25 gift card. So if you think you have a pretty good score prediction from the upcoming games, make sure you tweet at Jason Mitch, J-A-C-E and Mitch, to win a $25 Raising Cane's gift card. So let's get this rolling. Today we're going to hit three things primarily. Scores from the last two games, the upcoming two games, the projections on those, and then close it out with the worst tweet of the week. Checking in on the game clock, there are 78 days left until the game and a lot of football. Starting off last week, week one, football was back and man, did it feel good. I unfortunately was not able to be in the living room or even at the game. I was driving to a, a friend's wedding of mine, which was awesome, but we had the game on in the car and it was so much fun to sit back and watch Ohio State football once again, that 51-yard run from Justin Fields was a phenomenal way to start this season off, and I think it's going to be very indicative of how the rest of the season will go. Unfortunately, we did give up 21 points to Florida Atlantic, and so we didn't quite meet the spread. We were going to be 28-point favorites. We gave up 21 points. The final score was 45-21. to 21. Overall, I think it was a really good week of football. There was a lot of posts on social media and the news in general that Justin Fields had a great day but had room for improvement. And I agree with them to a point. Justin Fields, our new quarterback, had a phenomenal start. About as good of a start as you could possibly ask for, racking up 28 points in the first half of the first quarter. And it was a a start that I think the whole team wasn't really, anybody in the stadium wasn't expecting. And so they kind of took their foot off the gas for the next quarter or so. And I don't think that that's a big deal. I don't think there were issues, notable issues that I saw with Justin Fields. I did see the offensive line being kind of a problem, making him run around a lot. He got sacked twice, and that's with a quarterback who's as fast as he is. I thought what I was encouraged coming away from that game with was that we have a tremendous running quarterback. We have a tremendous passing quarterback. We have great receivers that ran amazing routes to get wide open for all of those touchdowns. I think what I was most encouraged by was Ryan Day. And in the press conference after the game was over, he was able to name specifically what the issues he wants to improve on were. It wasn't, we got to get better on defense, or it wasn't, our passing game's got to get better, or like how we heard last year, our defensive efforts need to be much better. Those big, vague problems were what we heard all last year, and then very minimal improvement happened, and so we were consistently giving up those 60-yard runs, those 80-yard runs, 
And that's not going to happen this year. One, because it didn't happen this week one where so many times we were expecting the accidental hole and somebody takes it 60 yards, like even in the Big Ten Championship last year. This year, we were very concise, and Ryan Day pointed out the specific instances, the fumble from J.K. Dobbins, he, in, in the, the throw from Justin Fields that was turned into a fumble. And even he, him said that it wasn't really Justin Fields' fault. It was the receiver not being in the right position. He just said, we have to get these things fixed right away. And I love how he went through the whole game talking the specifics so that you can tell there are going to be specific instances that are fixed instead of this we have to get better generically i think ohio state this year has some room to really make a statement in college football for the first time ever in college football this is a program that lost its head coach a head coach that had won 90 percent of his games had lost a first round quarterback in Dwayne Haskins, got a new defensive coordinator and lost most of its first most of its defense in the first round. And so with a team like this to be able to come out and stop our first opponent with before 103,000 people. I think that our run game was huge. I think that our pass game did great. I think that it was a very good way. So we let the the gas off a little bit in the second quarter and the third quarter. Who cares? We still won. And we've got a huge momentum shift for Justin Fields moving into the second game. That's obviously going to be a little bit harder. I think that this was a great, great first game. Despite what the media says about how there's still lots of improvement to be made, I think this was a great first step. Jace, how do you feel about this? Wow. I can honestly say I did not see that one coming. Go Buckeyes. Looking into the pass of Ohio State, Justin Fields had a 72% completion with 234 pass yards, zero interceptions, and like I said earlier, two sacks. He had three, I think it was four actually, it says three on this paper, but I think it was four passing touchdowns and one huge, exciting 51-yard rushing touchdown. He was everything we hoped he would be. On the run game, this is where I do kind of see a flag coming up with Ohio State. Justin Fields was having to run around a lot, and that's primarily because of our offensive line, so that needs work. I think that in an effort to save Justin Fields after he got hit and banged up a couple times in his first game, we gave the ball to J.K. Dobbins, who is phenomenal. And his He's a junior. His first year, he was well over 1,000 yards. In his second year, he was over 1,000 yards rushing. He has incredible potential this year. I think in an effort to save our running quarterback, we're going to be giving the ball to J.K. Dobbins a lot more. We're going to have to figure out what to do when J.K. can't get past the line of scrimmage because we had that in the second and third quarter where he was just getting stopped. So I'm excited to see what comes of that. On defense, like I said, it was way better. We held Florida Atlantic to negative rush yards into the third quarter, and they only ended with 22 rush yards compared to our 237. So huge differences there. I'm very excited about what our defenses have made changes, and I'm mostly excited about Chase Young. Our junior defensive end, Chase Young, the guy who's always rushing the quarterback, replaced that Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa era, doing the exact same thing but with better hair. I am so excited. He's six foot six, 265 pounds, and he's one of our fastest people on the defense. He is going to be huge this year. He had one and a half sacks, five tackles. Look for more of that next week. Let's get into what happened in Ann Arbor. The first possession for Michigan. Jace, what were your feelings with the first possession of Michigan? I hate Michigan. 
That's what I would have thought. Because Shea Patterson, the guy who decided to not go for the draft, but come back and play another year, fumbled the ball on the first possession and then fumbled it later. Yeah, yeah, you hate to see it. (laughs) Yep. It's something you hate to see. Again, it's week one football. It's not the biggest deal. Michigan actually, for the most part, looked like the dominant Michigan team that they are. They're better than last year. It's just a matter of getting those week one jitters out. It's something you really hate to see. Michigan opened to Middle Tennessee at night, which night games are always good, even if it's against somebody that you know you're going to beat, as 34-point favorites, and they beat them by 19 in a final score of 40-21. to Now, I know this game was way closer than Michigan fans would have liked. I said last week, I know you guys remember this, that I said that they would give up 24 points to Middle Tennessee, to which Jace was not as excited about that. He thought that that was out of his mind. I They scored 21 points on Michigan's defense. That's, that's a big deal. What I think is they played well without some key players. Obviously, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is a highlight player of the Michigan team, was not in. He was on the sidelines in street clothes and a boot. And what amazed me is Jim Harbaugh came out this week and said that he's going to be in the game on Saturday. He said if all light, all things happen the way it is, he, you should expect to see him on the sideline, which that's amazing. Sports medicine today is nuts how fast people are able to recover. So that's going to be a huge. Overall, I think Michigan played pretty well. They weren't stellar in the second half, but put up some pretty good numbers. Passing for Shea Patterson was 17 for 29, passed for 220 yards, and then rushing Michigan rushed for 230 yards to Middle Tennessee's 67. So shockingly similar numbers from the Ohio State standpoint and the Michigan standpoint, where it's a very high run defense and really good passing and running on offense. So very, very interesting. I was I was excited to see that they're going to be back to full strength this coming week. Jace, if they lose this game to Army, what are you going to do? In that case, I will not be returning to the Rivalry Podcast. I, th- I do think that even if you are nervous, that there's no need to be nervous. I know Jim has this thing against not eating chicken, which if you've never heard this, it's a real thing. Jim Harbaugh of Michigan does not allow their players to eat chicken because he says a, quote, nervous bird. <laughs> so adding to the crazy things that Jim Harbaugh says, he doesn't let them eat chicken because they're a, quote, nervous bird. But that doesn't stop you from eating canes. So Michigan diehard fans, if you're not eating chicken because of that, you can eat it canes because I looked it up. It's 100% certified confident bird. Raising Cane's chicken fingers are unbelievable. They're only fresh, never frozen. They are premium cuts of chicken, confident chicken. And they're marinated at least 24 hours before cooking. So that chicken, if you go right now to RaisingCanes.com and you order online and get that chicken, it's already being prepared for you. That confident bird that's had a tremendous life is soaking in the seasoning right now before it's hand-dipped into their house-seasoned flour so that when you get it, it's made to order and delicious. It's waiting for you right now. You can order right now at Raising Cane's and check out the rest of their menu at RaisingCane's.com. I completely agree with the statement that you just said. All righty. It's on to next week. Number five, Ohio State takes on the University of Cincinnati at home. Fun fact, another Ohio football team 
I, it's been since 1921, nearly 100 years since another Ohio team has beaten Ohio State. They are favored to win this game, but I got to tell you, if there's another team, Ohio team, that can beat Ohio State, it's probably Cincinnati this year. With the whole story that's going on, if you haven't heard, Luke Fickle, who was our interim head coach between the Trestle and Urban Meyer era, after being with the program a couple more years, went to the University of Cincinnati to be the football team's head coach there and has done a phenomenal job. Last year, Cincinnati had an 11-win season and beat UCLA in their home opener last week, and they looked good doing it. I think that they will give Ohio State more trouble than we're expecting. Even though Ohio State is kind of expecting a little bit more trouble, I think this is the perfect next step for a very confident Justin Fields. What I'm a little nervous about is... If we're overhyping this a little too much, if we're too focused on expecting a tough game from Luke Fickle, Luke Fickle, in an article that I saw this week in the Dispatch, seems to be a little bit emotionally drained looking forward to this game. This was something that when he took the job, that him and Urban having a good relationship were in discussions about or hinted about canceling this game in sake of keeping those relationships good. Like he he just came away from a program. He grew up in Columbus, played football growing up in Columbus, played for Ohio State, and then went through his whole coaching career at Ohio State and then went here. It just seemed like there could be some some turbulence amongst the team and this has been something that he said this week and in the last weeks he's been waking up in the middle of the night thinking and so he was talking about to the dispatch how he was trying to keep his emotions at bay that he's very excited but he's trying to keep it about the team and not about himself he just seems emotionally drained and willing to get this game over with and move on so I think that on a coaching standpoint, we're definitely going to be the better coach team. I think we're even the more talented team. I think this game will be easier than we're expecting, which is only going to give us that much more of a confidence boost moving forward. That's what I think is going to happen. I say it's going to be a 35-21 to win over Cincinnati. Cincinnati, all they've got going for them is a very talented quarterback. They, he, he's more of a running quarterback than he is a throwing quarterback. If we can contain him, very similar to the Michigan uh, to the Michigan quarterback. If we can contain him, I think it's locked up. We're good to go, and uh, that'll be that. We'll run the ball very well. We're going to be fixing up the things on defense. I'm going to say no turnovers are going to happen, and that'll be that. Now, looking at Michigan, this is something that I think is actually something they can be nervous about. I do think they'll win this game, but it'll be a little bit tighter than they're expecting. They're 23-point favorites against Army. Last week, they they the favorites were a little too generous towards Michigan side, and I was right. I think the same thing again. 23-point favorites against the triple offense of Army is something that... I don't know, Jace, how would you say it? That really makes you think. Army's triple option is it is a offense that people do not see very often and has rattled a lot of really good teams. Army is also a team that had a phenomenal season last year and destroyed in their bowl game, as we were talking about last week. I think that with their running quarterback, Calvin Hopkins Jr., who is also, I mean, a star when it comes to running the ball and throwing the ball. He had that clutch throw at the end of the game last week to win it. I think that they're going to actually be a pretty difficult matchup. Now, I do think that Michigan will have it pretty much locked up by the start of the fourth quarter, but it'll be closer for most of the game than than how people want it to go. I'm going to say it's 42-35 to 35 Michigan at the end of this game. 
And now finally, to close things out, here is the worst tweet of the week. And it comes from our good friend, Paul Feinbaum. Paul Feinbaum. Technically, this wasn't a tweet, but this was something that he had shared. I'm sure somebody tweeted it somewhere. Where Paul Feinbaum was talking about Notre Dame. And how Notre Dame did not have such a stellar week last week. And people are kind of dogging on them. And everybody makes fun of them because they're not in the conference. And they just kind of get a free pass to the playoffs. And we saw how... That ended up for them last year. They got completely desolated in the playoffs, embarrassed in the playoffs. Paul Paul Feinbaum said that Notre Dame should not be allowed to go back to the playoffs for some some years, at least. He said at least a five-year ban. And until they join a conference, should not be allowed to go back to the playoffs, period. Which is a pretty hot take. Now I agree, Notre Dame hasn't looked great, even though they've been talking a big game and made it to the playoffs. To say that they're not allowed back, pretty strong words from Paul Feinbaum, who we love with his polarizing opinions. That's the worst tweet of the week. If you think that your score predictions are better than Jason I's, tweet at us at The Rivalry Podcast. That's J-A-C-E and Mitch for a chance to win. Again, a high chance to win a $25 Raising Cane's gift card. We will see you next Wednesday. Go Buckeyes. It's not just a game. It's the game. You're listening to The Rivalry.